Good day, everyone. This is Charmaine, and welcome to Clean Sham Speaks, the headline. And for today's latest news, I will be sharing to you an exclusive news update from Gulf News, written by Faisal Masudi, senior reporter, together with Samiha Zaman, staff reporter. It's about COVID-19 update, UAE parents still awaiting final details on their kids' return to school. Many prefer e-learning, but families with two working parents back full comeback. Schools across the UAE are set to open in a little more than two weeks from now, but parents are still unsure what the new term will look like. With many institutions yet to reveal final reopening models, parents are also unclear about how they will manage return to school from August 30. In line with government regulations, UAE schools adopted distance learning in the previous school term as a means to limit the coronavirus outbreak. However, educational authorities announced at the start of the summer that in-class learning is expected to resume in one form or another next semester, ranging from school or from full school days to blended models to full distance learning. Last week, further updates saw the Abu Dhabi Department of Education and Knowledge, ADEC, and Dubai's Knowledge and Human Development Authority allowing parents to opt for full distance learning at private schools. ADEC further stated that the choice had been made available in response to multiple requests received from parents to continue distance learning. In general, However, most parents with older children or some level of childcare at home appear to prefer a full distance learning model for their children. They are very relieved to learn that schools in Abu Dhabi will offer a full distance learning option for families who prefer it. My husband and I were very worried about sending our six-year-old back to school in the first place. We are now waiting to hear from the school about what the exact format of the classes will be. Khadija Jishni, a homemaker and mother of two from India, told Gulf News. Jishni said she regularly supervised her daughter's learning last term and that she would be willing to do it again. She misses her friends, but we are simply not comfortable sending her to school when there are multiple ways she could be exposed to COVID-19, including the bus and washrooms, she added. A survey conducted by Abu Dhabi's education regulator, the Abu Dhabi Department of Education and Knowledge, or ADEC, had also earlier revealed that more Emirati parents preferred distance learning compared to expat parents. 39% of Emirati parents in Abu Dhabi prefer the distance learning option compared to 33% of expatriate parents which could be due to the fact that Emirati families have more household childcare assistance, 74% versus 26% expats, and are more likely to be living with one or more vulnerable people, 66% Emirati compared to 31% of expat families, the addict had said in a statement last month. My son is in grade 10 at a British curriculum school and I still prefer that he continues to attend classes from home, said an Emirati businessman in the capital. A mother of a primary grade student in International School of Creative Science in Sharjah said the school has given parents the option to continue the distance learning if they want. 
We haven't decided yet if we will send our child to school or continue with distance learning. On the other hand, or on the one hand rather, we will save on school bus fees if we keep our children at home. It feels reassuring to have your child at home under these circumstances. On the other hand, many parents are sending their children to school and it will also be good for our child to join classmates and teachers, she added. Families with two working parents, on the other hand, were mostly leaning towards in-class learning for their children. During the previous term, my wife and I were looking or were working from home, and our seventh grader adapted to the virtual classes fairly well. But the situation is different when I consider my younger daughter aged five. I believe she would learn better in a classroom setting, but I also want to exact arrangements made to keep children safe, said Alexander Lechef, 42, a French Syrian public relations director. I would like to have a chance to inspect the facilities first and if things go well in the first few days of in-class learning, we would continue. I also suggest that schools recruit additional teachers so that children can learn in small groups instead of being crowded in larger ones, he said. And that's the news from Golf News. The next news I will be reading is coming from College Times. COVID-19 Philippine President Duterte approves additional 5 billion fund to help Filipino expats. This is written by Kirsten Bernabe Santos and uh, this was presented online last August 9. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte has approved the release of an additional 5 billion fund to help Filipino expats across the world weather the COVID-19 crisis. The country's Labor Secretary, Salvestre Valle III, on Sunday said a huge part of this fund will go to the Department of Labor and Employment's ACA program. The one-time 730-dirham cash aid extended to overseas Filipino workers, or OFWs, who lost their livelihood to the pandemic. Across the world, nearly 600,000 OFWs have been seeking government assistance, but the initial Dole Akap fund was meant only for 250,000. In Dubai and the Northern Emirates alone, the mission had received over 80,000 cash aid applications, but allocations were only for 22,000. Belio had requested an additional 2.5 billion peso for the program in July. Now that fresh funds had been approved, more OFWs are expected to receive the 730. Durham aid, the Labor Secretary said. I have directed our Philippine Overseas Labor Offices, or POLO, to accelerate the processing of the assistance so that a greater number of our OFWs will benefit soonest from the aid coming from our government, he added. The Philippine Embassy in Abu Dhabi and the Consulate General in Dubai said they are awaiting guidelines on how the budget will be disbursed. The overseas Filipino communities around the world welcome this development as it highlights the Philippine government's commitment to assist all Filipinos in a crisis such as this pandemic. The embassy and the consulate await further guidelines and instructions from the Department of Foreign Affairs and Dole in this regard, the mission said in a joint statement. The Polo and the Overseas Workers Welfare Administration, or OWA, had processed and approved the applications of 267,584 OFWs under the Financial Assistance Program. The initial $2.5 billion fund is almost completely depleted, with assistance already provided to more than 233,000 land-based and sea-based workers, with dispersed amount of 2.388 billion pesos as of August 8, the Labor Department said. 
Another part of the 5 billion fund will be released for the repatriation of OFWs who had been displaced because of lockdowns and closure of establishments around the world, Bellew said. Aside from sponsoring flights, OWA shoulders the cost of expense COVID tests upon their arrival in the country, as well as their food and accommodation in hotels while awaiting test results. It also pays for their transport to provinces once they tested negative for the virus. The agency has so far sent home close to 130,000 OFWs since May 15 via land, sea, and air transport. And that's the news from Kalich Times. The last but not the least is the news coming from The National. Beirut Explosion, the fisherman who was thrown 30 meters into the air and survived. Father saved by his son who found him under rubble after hour-long search in blast debris. Khalid Taha faced scenes of death and destruction as he searched for his father among the wreckage at the port in Beirut. Khalid pulled his blooded but breathing father from under the debris after hunting for more than an hour. He had rushed to the port after news that his father Walid had been caught up in the devastating blast last Tuesday. His mother told him that Walid went fishing at Warehouse 11 next to the site of the huge explosion caused when a stockpile of ammonium nitrate caused fire. Khalid 32 left his home in the city's Alwatwat area immediately to go in search of his father, hoping to find him alive. Walid's phone was not working and Khalid was forced to hunt through the debris while calling his name and covering several bodies as he looked. His father later told him that it felt like the force of the explosion which damaged much of the city sent him about 30 meters into the air. I won't forget this day and how God granted me the strength and patience to save my nearly dead father, Khalid said. The true scale of the disaster quickly became apparent when he reached the port. Khalid said it was the most terrifying moment of his life when he arrived at the site of an explosion that killed at least 158 people. More than 6,000 people were injured and hundreds of thousands made homeless. I couldn't believe what I saw. I kept running in search of my missing father whose phone was disconnected while calling his name Khalid said. I ran several miles around the harbor looking for him until I finally saw his wrecked car. Then I saw him under a pile of metal roofing, sand, and rocks. I pulled him out alive. He was taking a nap when the first blast occurred and at first thought the noise was caused by a gas cylinder explosion in his family's home about 4 kilometers from the port. Khalid jumped out of bed and rushed into the adjacent room to find his mother. Within seconds, the second blast erupted and all of the glass in the house smashed and furniture was scattered. He knew his sister had gone to the mountains, but when he heard where his father went earlier that day, Khalid said his legs buckled and his heart literally, literally broke. He rushed to the port through roads that were blocked or covered in broken glass, rubble, damaged cars, and bodies. Initially, they wouldn't allow me in, but I kept on shouting and yelling crazy for my father, Khalid said. I kept insisting because I wanted to save my father who was inside. I couldn't wait for them to bring him outside. I fought with several of the officials until I made it inside. Khalid said he was sure his father was dead after finding bodies under piles of debris. I cried and shouted my heart out to find him. I felt hopeless, he said. Suddenly, I spotted his car, bombed, damaged, torn apart. Nothing was left out of it but dust and ash. That was when I was sure my father didn't make it, but I couldn't stop searching. 
His efforts were rewarded when he heard his father calling for help. I kept shouting until I heard my dad screaming in pain, Khalid said. I followed his voice until I found him rot. I found him busted under piles of rocks. He said it took him time to remove the rubble and free Willie. He waited for rescue teams to arrive when an ambulance rushed his father to American University of Beirut Medical Center. Doctors said Willie suffered a fractured hip among other injuries. He praised his son's heroism and determination to find him. I thank God and my brave son for pulling me out from the dead, Walid said. Thank you for listening to Clean Champ Speaks, the headline. Be informed. Be updated. Be aware on news that matters. More power and God bless. This is Charmaine bringing you the headline today. <laughs>